Hallelujah. Thankful for the hand of the Lord in our lives. Amen. It's the hand of Jehovah drawing us to himself. Praise the Lord. So happy to gather in the house of God this morning. Worship with you and fellowship around the word of God. And We're looking forward to Brother Murphy coming and ministering. Just amen. We're thankful for each one of you that have gathered here this morning. Pray God will bless you and the ones that have joined us online. May the Holy Spirit just be present with you over there as well. Can we start by singing how deep the Father's love for us? How vast beyond all, uh, all measure. <clears throat> Amen. How deep the Father's love for us.
Blessed be your name, Father. Oh, God, how great you are. How marvelous your works are in our lives, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, this morning, Lord God. Amen. Can we sing, My Jesus, My Savior? Maybe we could all stand together as we sing this together. My Jesus.
Hallelujah. Maybe as we go to prayer this morning, we can sing in the presence of Jehovah. In the presence. says there was no time in Israel like King Hezekiah since the days of David and Solomon and he restored worship in Jerusalem he put everything in order and he tore down the groves and the idols and the images and he went throughout that whole land and he he cleaned it up and uh, they had a great sacrifice had feasts feast days and when all Israel went back to their homes and they were serving God and paying their tithes to Jerusalem and there was great storehouses of, of extra in, the, in Jerusalem and so that the Lord really blessed them. And the next chapter, it says, And King Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came down to come against Jerusalem. And I thought, you know, that's just the way it works. God pours out a great outpouring of His Spirit. We feast upon His Word. We, we're just so thrilled and encouraged by it. And then God allows something to come along, a trouble, a trial, a sickness, whatever it might be, to test that what He has put in us. Hezekiah told the, the people of Jerusalem, Do not fear, for God is with us. Amen. We don't have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear at all. We have God on our side, and greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. My goodness, we're going to be changed out of these bodies from mortal immortality. The greatest healing of all. Hallelujah. My, what a time that's, we're just looking forward to God just moving in our midst this morning and just raising us. So thankful for the word we've been hearing. Amen. Brother Roy, could I ask you to come and pray with us this morning as we prepare to 
go to prayer and the brothers have come forward to take up the offering and just have a prayer request for Sister Angie who's called in with a request for prayer. She's got the flu, so we just want to remember that in prayer and the testimony from Sister Grace Beattie who was praying that her sister would get a passport to Australia and that has come through, so we're just thankful for the Lord for that and thankful that God is on the, on the scene. Amen. Praise God. Come, Brother Roy. We'll just go to prayer at this time. Any needs in our midst, we'll just lift them up before our Lord. God bless you, brother. and wonderful Heavenly Father Lord we do not take this privilege that we have to come before your throne this morning for granted we thank you Father that we are able to assemble here together today on this Lord's Day Father we have come not to be seen or to be heard by each other but we have come, Father, to have a conference with you this morning. How grateful we are this morning, Father, that we can, before, we can come before the great God of creation this morning. The Almighty, the great I Am, Father. And in this glorious atmosphere of your presence this morning, we just want to declare our love to you this morning, Heavenly Father. We want to tell you how much we truly love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this glorious and marvelous and unspeakable grace of God that has been expressed in each and every one of our lives. We thank you, Father, that before the foundation of the world that you've seen us, you knew us. As you told Job, Lord, where were you when the sons of God danced before the, before the living God, Father? We thank you for each life that is represented here this morning, Heavenly Father. And each one, O oh God, who is not able to be in this assembly this morning, but you know each one by name, wherever this service, O oh Father, is broadcast this morning, that you will be with each member of this body. That you will meet every need according to the need that is in every heart and in every life, in every home, in every family this morning, Father. We've come before you, Father, to be strengthened in the beloved, in the love of God. We come here this morning because we want to tell you, we want to express that which is inside of us. This great admiration that we have for you, Father. The glorious unfolding majesty of God. Father, we pray that you will come to each need here this morning. You will meet each life, Father. You will bless every need in your divine presence, Father. And when we leave this house, we will say like those on the way to Emmaus. Did not our heart pricked us? Did not his presence touch us? And we'll tell each one, Father, what a great time it was to be in your presence. 
We ask, oh God, this morning that you will bless the offerings, this free will offerings that's been brought before you and that you will use it according to your design, Father. We ask that, Lord, you will continue to bless your people as we heard, as Brother Nathan have said, how you blessed Israel and how you prospered Israel. And we heard of Sinigarab, this king, Father, who came behind to bring down the children of Israel, but we know that he was destroyed and defeated. So we ask that the defeat of the enemy will be eminent amongst us this morning. Father, we pray for the preaching of the word this morning your word is above everything this morning to us father and we pray that lord you will anoint your manservant brother murphy we thank you for the for the gift that you've imparted in him for the gift is not for the man but it's for the body to edify to strengthen and to 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 ignite the the gift of god that is in each and every one of us We pray, Lord, you will take this service and you will bless it to each and every life here today. And Father, your presence will be felt amongst each and every one. Lord, if there's sickness amongst us, we ask that, Father, you will will heal every need, every sickness in amongst us this morning. We pray for those who, Father, we know who are sick, Sister Monique, that you will continue, O oh Lord, to do the, the, that which man cannot do. Science has gone as far as they could, Lord. And we know science is not the absolute. We know that your word is absolute. For your word have said by your stripes, we were healed, Father. Father, we are believing for Brother Milko this morning, for Brother EBL on, for Sister Vendy, Father, for by your stripes, these needs are healed, Lord. For it is your word, and your word will not return unto you void this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we've already felt this morning. We ask that you will take full control of the service and let your Holy Spirit today, Father, have the preeminence amongst us, we ask, in the precious, glorious, and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Roy. You can have your seats this morning as they take up the morning offering. Hallelujah. Could we sing, These Are the Days of Elijah? That's why we believe what we believe. We've heard the seventh angel's message. Amen. It is the truth. It's more and more quickened to me than ever before that this message is the truth. It's going to get us out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just, as we sing these verses, let's just realize what we're singing. We've heard the voice of the seventh angel, righteousness being restored. Amen? All right, let's sing.
name of the Lord Jesus. We worship you this morning. We magnify you, Father. Oh, you are truly great, oh God. And you have done mighty works, Lord. Do more, Father, we pray. We want more of you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Maybe we could all stand together. I just have a desire to sing the original life, the original seed. I want to invite Brother Murphy to come. I've just been thinking about that, that line in the last song, Lord. Well, behold, he comes, the bride coming of Jesus Christ, manifested, Jesus manifested in flesh once again. It's that God's attributes manifested. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice this morning. God's attributes were manifested to his bride this last day. thankful for an original life. 
It's not a hybrid, but it's original life and coming from the original word. If we see it just for a few minutes, I, I would like to have an announcement uh, just before uh, we go to the other word. And uh, Brother Tom had also sent it a greeting and uh, he's uh, uh, just asked uh, forward a uh, passage of love and uh, uh, missing it to all of you. You know, the shepherds, no matter where they are, they're always thinking about their sheep. And we're uh, very thankful that uh, Brother Tom and the family, they can have a little rest uh, uh, while they're away. And Brother Ed and his sister Ruth is there also. They're all doing fine. And we're uh, missing them all. And I wish they can come in back soon. But I know they have uh, need a, a very needful rest, uh, especially for Brother Tom. has been uh, in the last little while counseling and everything. Uh, I was in an office. I, I saw him in and out, in and out all the time. And so the counseling with the people, uh, to the people of the, uh, who has the need. And we appreciate it. And God gave us to the shepherd like that. And um, uh, there's one thing I would like to announce. And this is, uh, uh, has been uh, in my heart uh, uh, for a long time. And so by God's grace, and uh, uh, last week, we translated all the message of the Brother Branham into Chinese. Praise the Lord. I am thankful to that regard. Hallelujah. All the 1,200. All the 1,200 and the five message has all been translated into Chinese. And after the French... Up to the Spanish and the Chinese, it's the third language that finished all the prophet's message. And Brother Tim, the wedding dress for the Chinese bride, bride now is finished. And the next step will be up to the ministers to dress the bride of Jesus Christ in China. There's no holes in there. The veil is finished. The skirt is finished. Everything that's needed. And it's all there. And in the hands of the bride of Jesus Christ is in there. And things in 1998. I'm so honored to be in a part of this transition works. And all the translators. Some are with us. And some are not with us. And some sit in China. And some's in here, but all play the uh, inseparable parts that in this transition work. And um, you know, when I first come into the message, the, the first burden that I ever had is to translate the message into Chinese for my own people. And from the day one until last week, I think in the future, we're going to record all the message into Chinese in audio form. And we have uh, 435 of them so far. And, but we're going to finish all of them, if the Lord tarry. But you know, when I'm thinking about that, uh, the transition work, I thought about a scripture. And in the First Corinthians chapter 125, it said, Because the foolishness of a God is wiser than man, and the weakness of a God is stronger than man. For ye see your calling, brethren, 
How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Since we started the transition work, I think there's no time that we ever have any translator that are doing the work more than two. And some of the translators, they started this work, and then the Lord calling them and then into the ministry, and some... Uh, they even uh, they have the other things uh, uh, to do, but uh, at all time, I think that the, um, the translators can put in the, the full time translation uh, no more than just two person. And if we uh, counted uh, all the believers in China, the other day I talked with the brother in China, I said that how many uh, uh, believers are in China uh, totally? You know what? It's not over a thousand people. In the whole China. And during that time, that many come in and many go out, but the translation work has never been stopped. That's why I said that the scripture was a fitting to there. They don't have many people that have a mighty, they don't have many believers that have the knowledge, they don't have many believers that can do the translation works. But God chooses the weak one to fulfill his work. And God chooses the one that seemingly doesn't have the wisdom to finish his work. And I'm so thankful that the Lord gave us the brothers and the sisters right in this congregation. And in the last lap of this great race to translate the message and all into the Chinese. And God put them right on among us. I was thinking about the brother James and Sister Shirley right now is translating upstairs there. And the God is sending them here. Try to pull Sister Juniper. Uh, actually, not God send them. I think the devil tried to send them here. Try to pull Sister Juniper uh, out of the message. But God has another purpose of it. And he uh, used them to witness. Uh, uh, used uh, Sister Sh- uh, Juniper to witness uh, to Brother Jim and Sister Shirley. And then they give their heart to, to the Lord. And receive the message instead of uh, to uh, a rejected message. And then, not only that. God pulled them amongst this body. And they use them mightily and to uh, help us to finish the, the transition works. And for them alone, they in the last about uh, less than three years of a time, they translated more than 200 messages. And what a great work that God has done. And uh, amongst all the translators, as I said, it's not many. They are not professional. They are not uh, uh, that are highly, highly educated. But they are just a common believer like you and me. And to the Sister Juniper, Sister Esther, who is now and to the study, uh, sorry, the teaching in the BCA school there for the students, and to Sister Cora, and to, uh, to my dear wife as well, and to my son as well. I know he speaks a broken uh, Chinese, but he can uh, put a little part that into that, that, that as well. And the different ones, uh, I may be missing some name uh, uh, that here, but all of them. They ever have a great part to play in what is the God has ordained us to do in this last hour, in this last lap for this translation. 
And in my heart, I'm forever thankful. And I'm thinking about just a small little group of people. And that with your support, and with a handful, you can count it with your two hands, that the translators, sometimes there's a, uh, even they come to the point that only one left, but we're persisting along. And by God's grace, and he give us, a, um, give us this, a, a, such a burden and the persistence to finish all this work. And I'm so thankful, ever thankful to our dear Lord and to let us be part of it. thinking about that the Bible has been translated. It's all by this, just a small little number of people. I'm thinking if we can put ourselves into the hand of God, what a mighty work that our God can do. And by that, I want to also thank you for all your support, for all your prayers. You know, in the first, right in the beginning, and for the believers in China, when we were going there to minister to them, to share the message to them, I think the one thing we established is that right in the first beginning, tell the people and to inspire them, to encourage them that we're not a taker, we're a giver. And we're not just taking people's help and support, but that right in the beginning, without the believer know, we're the giver of this gospel. We're not just giving our money, give our energy, but we give our whole being. We give our whole burden. We give our everything that we have that is in us and to this gospel. I think that has been said it, uh, set it up right in the beginning to the believer. And it's by that burden, it's by that zeal and that passion and we fulfill what is the God has ordained us to do. And I just want the Lord to bless every one of you. And uh, maybe we can stand and just before we go to the Word. And uh, we have a... Uh, I'm so, I think I saw, oh, I saw Sister Debbie this is here. And uh, our brother Micah just on Thursday just went through the, the heart surgery. And uh, the second day, I think uh, Sister Debbie said that he already got up and uh, uh, started eating and, uh, I guess, talking too. <laughs> and also, um, uh, he said he transferred from an ICU and the, to the cardiology uh, ward. So we're, uh, we're very thankful. And thank you for all your prayers. And on behalf of Sister Debbie, and said also, I know that we have a different need among us. Uh, Sister Ruth Frederick. And my wife, we visited her the other day. No matter where she at, she was always uh, just be so happy in the good spirit. And the sister Ruth, the sister Ruth, she just witnessed everywhere. Whoever that she was meeting, uh, met with, she witnessed to the nurse, she witnessed to the chaplain over there. I think it's the pastor they called it. And just everybody. And we're very thankful the surgery was successful. And uh, we're thankful to Brother Mike Ganyan. And the surgery went well, and we are looking forward for him to come in among the congregation again. And also, we all want to remember Sister Ramona. She's still in recovery, and so, but the Lord has done a great thing to her, and she's doing very well. And Sister Beth, I don't know if she's among us, but we continue to pray for her. And Sister Monique, the other day we went to visit uh, uh, to see our sister. I think Brother Stans this is here. Oh, yes, Brother Stan. And so the one we visited, when we were talking and sharing the story, and I saw the sister Monique, and her eyes started to open up and it started rolling. And then the smile came up uh, uh, to her face. 
And so we're talking and then we're praising the Lord. I think that then the brother standards will almost jump up and start dancing around. And we're very thankful. We know that the mountain will be moved because we saw the sand, the little stone started moving. And Brother EBA, and we believe it the same thing for you. And Sister Tracy Rivas, and I think Brother Andrew also shared that testimony how the Lord that put her into contact with the only one doctor that can do the surgery for her. And we're continuing to remember our dear Sister Tracy Rivas. And also there's another um, Brother Sigmund. I, I think most of us, so we know that Brother Sigmund, Claude, and uh, he just passed away uh, on Tuesday. And um, Brother Tom has uh, talked with uh, uh, Sister Diana on his holiday. And, and he said um, uh, she's doing very well. And the Sister Diana said that I couldn't have had a better husband. And we have no regrets. He was a wonderful brother in Christ. And uh, he's a tremendous husband. And I know Brother Claude, maybe not a very well, uh, but I know he's a soldier of God. Another warrior that I want to be on the curtain of the time, to be forever with Christ. And as I said it before, I said it again. I don't know, uh, should I be sad or should I be envy? I wish that I was a, uh, I was a brother Cloud, especially this morning. <laughs> so that I went to another side. I don't have to go through. I said that, uh, I was saying to myself, you know, Murphy, I haven't been preached for a while. Uh, that can be uh, dangerous because it would go two ways. It can be uh, too nervous to preach or too much to preach. So, but I think I'm in both right now. But we want to remember uh, all of this in need. And um, maybe just let us bow our head. If you don't mind, and we approach the Lord again. Our Heavenly Father, how my heart is a full, Lord, to think about the grace of God. Lord, day it in and day it out. Many sleepless nights for all these uh, translators that's been translating. Some that are there in China, Lord, I cannot even mention their name. And some I, will, I think about uh, the, the one little young sister, even in the deep, deep depression. And the devil even tried to take her life, but the devil is not successful because you have uh, a will for her to do. And she single-handed along, translated a more than a hundred message. And Lord, still until today, still fighting the, the battle, still fighting the, the demon of depression. But Lord, how we're thankful you use this type of a person. Lord, when I think about all of this, I feel so humbled and a little. There's nothing we can brag it about. But Lord, we just present this crown on, at your feet. Because you have done the great thing, Lord. Lord, I pray, use all the message that we have been translated to help the other people to understand you, to bless the other people, to put it in their hand, to speak that in their ear, Lord, and drop that in their soul so that their life can be transformed. So the bride of Jesus Christ that is speaking Chinese, they can be having the wedding dress on, Lord, that they can go to meet you without a spot or a wrinkle. We thank you, Lord. And think about all this in need. And Brother Roy has that prayed for Sister Monique and the different ones. Lord, we bring them all in one package just right before you, Lord. You're the healer because you promised. Not because we failed it, 
not because of our emotion telling us to, but Lord, because you have a promise. Lord, you will never be failed to your promise. Lord, you never failed it yet. Well, every word of God has said is to be the truth. Lord, seeing my brother Milko is sitting here and faithfully, Lord, I pray, whatever that Satan is trying to pinch his nerve, let him not speaking. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit let it go into his body and unloose and loose every nerve that in order for him to speak, to rise up and to give thanks to God. I know that Satan is defeated. Lord, he has no power. He has no legal rights to bind any of the God's son and daughter. So, Lord, we claim every one of their healing. And we believe for every one of them. When our faith bind together, we rebuke that demon. No matter it come in what form. It come in a depression form. It come in the sickness form. It come in the lukewarmness form. But in the name of Jesus, we rebuke him and every one of them. And the rebuke them and cast them out from this congregation. And to let your people be turned loose. So that they can worship. They can raise up their hand. They can praise God. And to know that our God is a mighty warrior on the battlefield. We thank you, Lord. Lord, as we quieten down. And are going to pick up the Bible and to flip over the pages. Lord, may you jump out from the pages. And open up our understanding yes. and speak to each heart. Because you know our heart loves you, Lord. That's the only dwelling place that for you, that is our heart and our soul. We want to see you high and lifted up and reveal yourself through the word that we're going to hear. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to the scripture, both for Hebrew. Thank you for the musicians. Book of Hebrew, chapter 10. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is a faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. May the Lord bless us his word. You may be seated. Let me read a quote right from the beginning here. You know, why are people so tossed about? Um, Brother Bramus said, he said, I have noticed many Christians in my life to be up and down. I have wondered about that. And without preaching such a text as this out in the other church to where I go, I thought best to deliver it to my people here at the tabernacle upon why are people so tossed about? 
He said you find them people who seem to be very religious. He said this he was talking to it is his own tabernacle. It's not a talking about the, the people that are in the world. He's talking about the right in the message. Right in that is the church. He said that the people who seem to be very religious. I don't think that Brother Bramman, when he said that religious, it means it in a bad way. I think that they mean that the, the people, the person, they're religious, that they're sincere, they love the Lord, they want to do things so that is right. Is that it seems to have a, such a deep desire? Isn't that to talk to some out of us? That a person is not just a haphazardly skim the surface and just try to go to church and uh, to enjoy some religion. They have a deep desire, and the daily they search. It's not a one day, two day, daily, daily. Not a once a month to come to it. They talk about the daily they search and hunt and seek for God and never come to any settlement of any kind to where they could ever be settled or anchored in Christ. You're thinking about that the person with such a hunger, with such a desire, with a searching, hunting, and with a uh, with a deep desire for God, and they're religious and sincere. But it's seemingly they never can find the rest. It's seemingly they can never be settled and anchor themselves that in Christ Jesus. And this I have learned to be in experience that it is a people of intellectuals. And uh, I was so appreciative, Brother Jean, and, uh, on Wednesday, and uh, uh, sharing, uh, speaking uh, preaching to the two of us on, on the service. When he talking about an intellectual, he said that you can be a, a high school dropout. And you can be a, a, a high school dropout and a more intellectual and more have the theology uh, than the person who have the five uh, uh, PhD. And so it's not how much education that you have, but it's you have your own man's idea, your own man's uh, understanding towards the word of God. And it was seemingly, he said, that those people who have a desire and who are searching God, are religious, but they just couldn't get it. He said, it's those people that have that intellectual. In another word, the people, they have their own understanding about certain things. And they can, they can seek him, they can desire, but they must be the true believer. They have to anchor their faith to what is the promise of a God is. And have that a true experience with the Lord. Amen. To let the Lord really settle down and anchor it in their heart. So their end of their searching. So their desire, the only desire, and they can get what they desire. It's not that they desire, desire, and they wouldn't have it. And take something lesser for that. And take something lesser and say, okay, I'll just uh, uh, take it in my face. I just believe it. And no, the people need a born again experience. The people need that Christ be anchored, that right in their soul. And no matter what storm come, or what ring come, what trial come, how sickness that they have been going through, and what else are the things one the other people have said, but nothing is going to move them. Right. And then Brother Bram said that the one intellectual is a hungering. He's a feasting on God. But his feast doesn't hold out. The reason is because they only use their own understanding. Their intellectual try to understand God. They try to believe the, the, the word. And he said that the other one seems to have a victory all the time. There is nothing bothers them. They're just as solid 
and anchored as they can be. No trials, no storms bother them at all. But they seem to have something about them that people who are Christians and try to live for God admire that type of a Christian. And I've often, I've often wondered, Lord, what is it that these people have the others crave so much for and yet seem to fail to get it? And then he said, you have a lot of campgrounds. What, what would I say? Campground stars. Many people go to the service and rejoice and shout and praise the Lord while the Spirit of God is falling. All condemnation left their hearts. And as soon as a day or two after the revival, they find themselves back in that old grind again. Yet they're eating manna. They're feeding on the Word. They're listening to their preaching. If I bring it, this is more even closer to our own address. They're reading them a message. Maybe they're reading them a message every day. Amen. Maybe they're listening to the message every day. But it seems like they just cannot feast on something that put their uh, uh, they cannot just put their faith anchored into the holies of the holy to really meet God and to their experience be anchored down, be totally settled. He said, yes, they're eating manna. They're feeding on the word. They're eating the word. But only intellectually. Only in their mind that they try to believe God. But they never come into an experience with God. And Brother Emma said in another message, Hebrew chapter 6. He said, here, is, here it is. He said, hold tight. He said, the veil is what it keeps us from living the way that we should. He said, a veil is what keeps us from doing the thing that we really want to do. There is a veil that was a setting between the outer court and the holies of the holy. The person, if they want to have that experience with God, they must pass the raven veil. And then they can go into the holies of the holy. Then they become an anchor. Then their experience become a true. It doesn't mean that they don't, they don't go through trials. It doesn't mean that they don't hear that the devil is to try to downgrading him all the time. It doesn't mean that they don't go through the difficulties, the sickness. Sometimes they're going through the disappointment and the things that are going around. The devil talk to them and all the time just like anybody else. But there's an anchor laid in there. Something make them that are transferred that they from the outer court and through the raven veil that go into the holies of a holy. Their experience is a completely anchored in the promise of a God. They had experience with the Lord. It's not something that had been taught about. It's not somebody teach them about it. It's not somebody speak to them so that they can learn. It's not something that they learned. But it's something they haven't been born again. They have a new birth. There's a literally the life of Jesus Christ living inside of them. And they're a transformed person. And they will never be the same. Amen. And then in the Bible, in the book of Romans, chapter 7 and 18, it said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will... Is it present with me? But how to perform that which is good, I find out. 
But Abraham is talking about today. What is the, uh, what is the, uh, the veil? That he said that that's your self-will. You must uh, go, you must uh, turn down or tear down your self-will and to do God's will. And God's will is to let you not worship him in an outer court, not worship him just intellectually, but he wants you to go into the holiest of the holy. To go into having experience with God that he can anchor you. But in us, we don't have things that can perform that. Though the will to do that is, uh, belongs to us, we want to do, but there's nothing in us that uh, the Paul said about how to perform that which is good, I find out. But Paul then later on said, but I thank God for Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that can riven the well, can rip the veil that is in the part and open up the way for us to get in. So when we talk about a veil, and there is a many veil that a brother Brown was talking about. And there is a veil of lust. There is a veil of the depression. There is a veil of sickness. And there's a veil of a weakness. And there's a, all kinds of a veil that can veil the other way. But what is the veil? The veil is a hiding something. So when is a, there's a veil that you cannot see through. So when there is a veil, there is a hiding or there's something behind this that your human eyes cannot see through it. And that, uh, usually when they uh, have a veil uh, behind it, there are good things and there are bad things. And uh, a simple little veil can be just like a fabric or they're just a leather, uh, you know, like the skin that in the, the Bible was talking about. But behind the veil, there can be uh, treasures in there. And behind the veil, there can be a masterpiece that was a laser there. So the behind the, but because of the veil, people cannot see through. So they can only probing it. So now everything that was uh, hiding behind the veil is just a mystery. So that the people, when they don't see through the veil, or the veil doesn't open up to them, all they can do is just say, okay, maybe there is a there. Maybe there is a salvation. Maybe there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Maybe there is a born again. It's everything, though they can gear up their whole intellectual force and try to believe it, but because it never, the veil hasn't been to take off of them, so all they have to do is just a presumptuous thing. And all they have to do is just a guesswork. And you find out that the people that are coming to the church, they say they believe the message, they are men good, that their intention is good. They do everything that they can to uh, believe the word to be the truth. But because the veil hasn't been taken the other way, so all they can do is only a guess. They, have, they don't have that assurance that no, that's for sure. They don't have that experience that the veil has been opened up, has been ripped out of the part, and they see clearly what is behind there. So when the veil was veiled out of the person's eye, so they can do everything they can and try to guess that they might be probing, maybe a probing, or even guess something that is right, and maybe this is correct, but they can never have something that is confirmed. 
So that's why you saw that the people that he can come to the church and listening to the word. But because of the veils are still there, there was a something that's in their flesh that still veils them. And they are coming to year by year and months by months. And still they couldn't have the something that makes them to be settled. And you find that the people, they can in and out and in and out. And that's the two of them. That's the extreme one. And the, some people, they can, they're not in and out, in and out. They can still enter the church, but still cannot get to the, the privilege that the Lord had given to them. It seemingly that was uh, the promise that the Lord had given to them. It's just so far away from them. And that the one person, they can pray, they believe, and the poor God come onto the sin, and that a prayer was answered. But yet for another person, they can pray, they can do things. I'm not talking about just the healing. I'm talking about all kinds of things that are amongst the, that are in our life. They can pray and they pray. It seems like that God just doesn't answer to them. There's no result to coming to them. I know that God do things in His season, in this is the time. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the, the people that who wants to believe God, but it's seemingly that it just don't have the faith enough or have that, uh, uh, have that uh, uh, belief enough to get hold of the promise of a God and to literally pull that down. And in uh, Hebrew chapter 2, Brother Bram said, The Bible said he ascended on high. And give gifts unto men. He said that there was an atmosphere hung over the earth or of darkness, of gloom, of death, and the weary. The prayers couldn't come up because the atonement wasn't made. But he broke through that veil. He had opened up the way. He broke the veil of a sickness. He broke the veil of sin. He broke the veil of a weary. He broke the veil of depressed. He broke every veil and make a highway for a wayfaring man walking up the king's highway. No matter what veil that is, but there's a blood can break through that every veil. There's a blood that a Christ has made. His blood has shed that he would break every veil of sickness. If there is a sickness, if there is a brother ABA, if there is a blindness, the devil that pinched his nerve and wouldn't turn him loose, but there is a veil has been broken. The blood has broken the sickness of veil. And if there is a sin veil, if you are struggling with the sin, if you're struggling with the habit, if you're struggling with the devices and different things that the devil put it on you, Hear this. He said that he has broke the veil of sin. If you feel weary, if you feel depressed, then there's the blood of Jesus Christ. He has riven the veil and breaking it apart and opened up the new and living way that for you to go into the holies of holy. And not to go in and get out, but go in and dwell there. Stay there. And in there, there's the presence of God and never fail. And in there, there's a showbread. And the way you're hungry, you can take it to eat. In there, there's a pot of a manna. And in there, it will never, the manna will never run dry. It will never go corrupt. That you can take it a handful and put it in your mouth. That you can always eat in there. What experience 
that a person can have with the Lord. And the prophet said, and then God became a veiled in flesh. And the veil was torn in two. And God became a God again. And he raised up the veil that he hide himself in. He said, that's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Proving to us that in this veil that we are now hiding, by faith we believe it and accept it. And when this veil is torn in two, I will go in his presence with his assurance, knowing that I know him in the power of his resurrection. At the coming of the Lord Jesus, this veil will be raised up again in the perfect way till I will walk and talk with him as my Savior and my God when he takes the throne of David and we will live forever in this veil after it's been perfected. But this veil has sin in it. This veil one day is going to drop. Our brother, our brother Claude, now the veil has been dropped. That he went to the other end. And he doesn't have to struggle with her breath at it again. How are we longing for that? But while we're still on this earth, in this veil, there is an imperfection in it. In this veil, there is a sin in it. And it's subject to the temptation. And whenever the devil puts something in there, this veil is uh, uh, attracted by it. And you can't say that the people, uh, though, we're a, though we're a believer, but we're still a human being. And we're still affected and influenced by the things that are in the, in the world. If we're all in the self and the body, there's no desire. Well, there's nothing that the devil can tempt him to. The Lord will take the desire away from us. Take the desire for the world from us. But the veil is still here. The veil is not changed. The changing of the veil is when we go into another side. Then the veil will change. Because God will provide that a veil that will matching with what is the inside. But at this world, right now, it doesn't match. You don't have the desire for the world, but this veil has it. This mind is still battling for it. And this mind is still doubting it. This mind is still doubting, and my wife is going to be healed. Or am I going to be healed? And this veil that is on this earth still doubted every word of a God. But thank God that inside man has been changed. And God said, this veil, I put the blood in there. I'm going through to the inside of you. This is the God's dwelling place. And from here, he will work it himself outside. And he will rip the whole veil apart and give us a new veil that will be matching to what is inside of me. Though the veil is evil, though the veil is vile, but God veiled himself in it. God veiled in Christ. We all know that. He poured himself into Christ. And Christ poured himself in, in the church and in his bride. And we know God veiled in the prophets. And he veiled himself in the prophet in this age. But in the unveiling of God, Brother Bramah said, God is not only just veiled in the Christ. He's not only veiled in the prophet. He veiled in you. 
So don't just put it in the history. So that God availed it in the prophet because he got a, such a ministry. He got a, such a glorious, uh, uh, the, the gift of the Lord to give it to him in a discernment. But God availed it in you. Amen. Is that a God availed it in the prophet a different than a God availed in you? It's the same God. Amen. There's no difference. Amen. We're thinking, how can this body veil God? This human veil has a weakness in it. This human veil has hatred in it. This human veil had misunderstanding. This human veil has a lust. This human veil has a fussing, has a murmuring. He's a, he got all kinds of the things that uh, because of this veil belongs to Satan. Satan has the right to coming into the veil to tempting it. And he got everything that is evil in this world. Anything that you come up, devil to come up with, is specifically made for your veil. He made it a cell phone just for your veil. Once in a while, you need to change it. You need to spend it a few hundred dollars just for that eight in, a uh, few inch. I was thinking, man, my goodness, I paid seven hundred dollars, one dollar, uh, one hundred dollar for an inch. That's incredible. And you know, once in a while, you have to change it. I think the only one that doesn't change is the brother Tim. He still uses a Blackberry. <laughs> that is a faithful, faithful man. But once in a while, your computer, you need a change. And devil made it specifically for you. And he uh, used to be, he got a Facebook, he got an Instagram, he got a TikTok, and they tried to bind it, they couldn't bind it. How are you going to bind the thing that a 30, 300 billion, uh, million people wanted? They're going to vote you out if you were banned. Anyway, I'm not a take up for China. It just. But the devil was making everything and try to fulfill or try to catering to your lust, to your want, and to your, not your inward man desire, but your outward man desire. And then making a uh, life a little bit more comfortable so that the people would become a jellyfish. Yeah. Then they're more sep- um, uh, sep- uh, se- two. <laughs> he was catering everything, just making it a perfect right, perfectly right for you to have a depressed. He will make everything so easy. When it thinks that you don't get it right away, you boohoo. And you got depressed. Why you got depressed? Because my mom didn't buy me a cell phone. Because of the things that become so easy, people is not a rocket anymore. Believer is not a rocket anymore. Everything is at their disposal. You don't find those uh, travailing of a soul anymore. You don't find that the laboring, travailing, and want God, and the fast and pray until they get God. You don't find them anymore. And people have more excuse, and the devil will serve you as much as excuse as you wanted, as you needed. And to your disposal. And people will find all kinds of excuse. Then they try to miss church. They find his excuse. Some is the peanut butter excuse. 
And some of this is other type of excuse. Some of the excuses, oh, I got hurt. Who's not got hurt? If the word's not hurting you, something wrong with that preacher. Is the word supposed to hurt? Because the word is coming to preach in such a way to tear down this veil. To tear down your self-will. To tear down your own understanding. To tear down your human idea. So that I can reveal the true inward man's desire. But we're saying, God, though the veil is as vile as it can be, but God still chooses this veil to veil himself in him. But God chooses the veil. It's not to them. He doesn't choose this veil just as the veil it is. You forgive me. I, uh, I hope you can understand me. I'm a translator into Chinese, but not into English. He doesn't just go in, oh, whatever you are, I accept you. That's the worldly standard. That is the world, that idea. Whoever you are coming in, we just want members. That is not God's idea. God will deal with this veil first. Because he will not choose a veil that is not suitable for him to dwell in. Before he can dwell in that veil, he must do something to this veil. He must put a blood on this veil. It's not your own ability. It's not how much holy you are, but how holy that blood is. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 4 and 6, and it said that uh, when they killed the bullock with the basin holding the blood, and the Bible said, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle of the blood seven times before the Lord and before the veil of the sanctuary. The blood, the sacrifice must be killed. Then holding the blood into the basin. Then the priest must dip his finger in there and sprinkle that seven times. The brother Branham said, that's called seven church ages. Into the 2,000 years before the Lord. Because any prayer... If need to be went up to, going up to the Lord, it must have a blood sacrifice in there. But also before the veil of the sanctuary. In another word, when the blood was sprinkled, the blood also sprinkled on the veil too. So it's not that a you ability, it's not how holy you are, is you become with your boldness, enter into that blood veil. And go through that blood veil. There is where you can meet God. When you go through that blood veil. It's not how much holy you are. How well you can pronounce the word. How well that you can. How much message that you read. Though we should read it in a message. But it's not the quantity. How the amount of it. But it's the blood on that veil. Give you the access. That goes into the holies of the holy. That's where God is to dwell. So the veil is still the same veil. 
But because of the blood sprinkle on the veil, then you have a free, then the priest will have the free access that can go into the holies of a holy. So where the blood is, there is an access. So when the, the blood was put on the veil, and then the, the, the person, we're talking about a God veiled it in us. And we know that a Christ is the high priest. But do you know also that the Bible said that you are the priest too? Do you know that the Bible said that you are the royal priesthood? You're the holy nation. You're the peculiar people. And do you are to show the magnificence of our God. God veiled inside of you. You are the, the priest. But how you get into that holism holy is not by your might. It's not by your blood, but it's by his blood. Your understanding will not give you access to it. Your intellectual understanding will not give you access to it. But the blood will give you access to it. The blood on this veil will give you access to it. When God saw that blood, he said, I don't see the veil. Because the veil, because of the blood, the veil becomes a see-through. If it is just a veil, he cannot see that inside. If it is just a veil, he cannot, no matter what you desire, how you want it, God, he cannot see that. There's no way for him to do it. But when the blood is on the veil, then your whole being becomes a see-through. He doesn't see your fault. He doesn't see your mistake. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your past. Because the veil becomes a see-through. He only saw there is a holies of a holy that had a soul that God himself said, I want to dwell in there. That is my dwelling place. That you can fellowship with him. And why are people so tossed about? He said, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. But as a pastor from death unto life, he that hears my word. What is it in the blood? The life. What is the life? The word. Jesus says that the word I say it unto you is a life, it's a spirit. So the blood is the word. He said, He that hears my word, or he that receives my blood, does the blood still speak? The voice of the blood of Jesus Christ speaks a better thing because it's speaking of forgiveness. He that hears my word, have you heard that a voice? That in the blood, I wish I could have sinked it into every heart. St. John 5.24 said, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me. By hearing the word will lead you to him that sent him. Has eternal life, everlasting life, and shall never come unto judgment. But is already passed from death unto life. You already been judged. Is that don't have to wait till the white throne judgment? Before that, in here, this is your judgment. 
You judge it. He is the right. You're hearing the voice. You're listening to it. You're receiving it. And let me quote this. Uh, this I love it so much, Brother Jean, when you are quoting this. Uh, uh, I think you are from the, the same, uh, same message that, that I was reading from. And uh, why are people so tossed about? He said, what do you have to do? Believe. Hear. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. And believing and applying and resting. That is so powerful, Brother John. I just love it. He said, faith comes by hearing. You have not hearing this voice. Not hearing that voice. Not hearing this voice. Not even hearing Brother Branham's voice. But a hearing by the word. It's the word. It's the high priest that was speaking to you. It's the Melchizedek that he was speaking to you. It's the God himself speaking to you. When you recognize that, it's not just a man speaking, but you recognize it's God himself speaking. It's a then you believe it. Don't just say, I hear, I hear. Believe it. And apply it. That is the hard part. But to the believer, it is not a hard part. Because if you truly believe it, you will apply it. Is that applying calls you rebuke? Is that applying calls people to jeer about you? Is that applying for the people to cuss you? Is that applying? But if you truly believe, you truly receive the word, it's that you try to, there's a driven force inside of you. You want to apply the word of God. Lord, you have a said so. I'm believing for your healing. Because you said it by your stripe that I am a heal. Day in, day out, one day, two day, one month, one year, two years. It doesn't matter. Lord, my healing is coming. I keep praising him. I keep watering the promise. I keep watering the word. Because it's your praise. Water the sea word of a God. That sea word will grow. And for the children, for the family, it's the same way. You're applying the word. How? By living the life of before now. If you all got a wayward children, you live a life is not a wayward. If you got a child that are disgusted about the word of God, you put your fervency into it. If your child is in a depression, you live an undepressed life. With joy, with praise, with love to the Lord, with a positive atmosphere that is set up in your home. When everybody is depressed and you are still our price. That is apply. And then you're resting. Because when you go through the veil, when there's a blood on the veil, that is a blood veil. I'll give you a quote afterward. When, that after, when you go through that blood veil, you go into the, the holiest of holy, that is where the resting place. That is where God will dwell in there. That is where you can meet him. That is where you can talk to him. And he answered back. I'm not saying that just you saw a vision, you see dream. I never saw one vision in my life. I never dream of one dream. I dream a lot. I dream every day. I've all the bizarre dreams. 
I never dream anything that's a spiritual. But God gave me a more sure word. When I talk to him, he speaks back to me. When I listen, I want to put on the, put on the message. Before long, just a few minutes, Brother Roy, then he started speaking back. Then a tear started dropping down your eyes. Then you know it's a God speaking. When you're in the, when you're in the depressed, when you're in the, the burden, and it's something that you don't know where to the answer, where's the channel, where's the, where's the end of this thing? This thing go on, on, on. God allowed it, but you know God will answer. God will answer. When I come to the church, sitting over there or sitting right out among you, then through behind the pulpit, then the word started speaking. Then the presence of God started coming down. I put that in my heart. I anchored that down. Then I applied it. And before long, that thing come to pass. It's still the same God. You find the right channel, doing it the right way. When God is coming this way, and you're coming this way, you miss each other. But when God coming this way, and you come in, you will meet him head on. That's why it behooves to us to go into the Word. Dive yourself into the Word. Not intellectually, but what is that? Hearing it, believing it, receiving it, applying it, and you rest on it. You see it? He said, if the word says so, hear it. Your heart says so. That is your holiness of holy. That is your soul. Your heart says so, believe it. As Brother John has quoted, he said, if your heart says so, this is to the right, then give your whole being to it. He said, Lord, your word has said so. That is the thus says of the Lord. And your whole being rests in it. Then he said, it is finished. You don't have to be in the holies of holy looking out because they become a soundproof. There, you, you can't stop people on the outside, try to talk, but it won't affect you. It won't influence you. They said this message is the false. They put this on the YouTube, put that on Instagram, put this on that one. It doesn't affect you. To be honest, I don't even want to hear it. And the people said this, the people said that. I said, who are you? Peanut butter, I mean the peanut brain. Yeah. My, my daughter corrected me. It's not peanut butter brain. It's peanut brain. I remember that. <laughs> Just a simple faith to the simple word of a God. Let me share the testimony. My mom. I always share it to my mom. You know, sometimes when I share that, I, I almost feel, I feel embarrassed. Because I think people might think I'm just telling a lie. Because it's... Uh, to me, it's normal. But to people, it's a phenomenal. They can't even believe it. But to us, to the believer, that's their everyday life. If it doesn't happen, I feel awkward. And just a few days ago, actually, I think it's about a week ago, I called my mom. And I called her. I said, Mom, how are you doing? And she said, he said Honey, I want to share a testimony with you. I said, Sure, Mom. Uh, I'm bringing it on. And she said, uh, just a few days, uh, about two days ago, she said, I, because my mom got a problem with her, with her lung. And uh, well, during the COVID time, the Lord had just take her right out of that. But uh, because she got a COVID. But then the second day she got healed, he was perfectly fine. But then, you know, whenever you testify for the Lord, the devil is always come 
He wants you to prove every inch that you claim. So if you're not bold enough to testify, don't try. If you're not bold enough to waiting for it as a second blow, don't try. But as a believer, you should. Because of the Bible said, that's, well, that's why we need to be boldly and then enter into the holiest of holy. Because God has a provided sacrifice. It's not me holding on, but He holding on me. And then uh, just a few days, and then my mom's the one, one day she was there. She just doesn't feel right. And then uh, she just, uh, she can't breathe. And uh, the devil is coming back. And they try to uh, give her to blow it again. And my mom was uh, praying, and, and it doesn't work. And uh, she can't breathe. And she got to watch. If you have that, uh, I think most, uh, some of the people, we have the watch then. The watch will tell uh, the blood uh, oxygen. Do you, do you, you know that? Then you, you wear the watch and you tell the, what's the percentage of your uh, blood auction there. And she was looking at that. Wow, it dropped to uh, about 80. And uh, you know, the more you look at that, the, the auction keeps on dropping. And while she's looking at that, she become fainted. She was lay on the couch. And the, she remember, she said, the last time I, I look at the watch, it dropped down below uh, 70. It's about a 60 or something. Because if I, remember, if I know correctly, I think by that time you started losing. You were losing conscious. And she was there. She was eyes to start crying. She, she couldn't speak. And she was lay under the couch. She doesn't even have a, have a, a, uh, have a strength just to come up to call. Uh, to call the ambulance. But just my dad was there. My dad said, what's happened? What's that? And then my mom. And uh, just between uh, in and out, she was a... Uh, and she was holding my daddy's uh, uh, hand. And the mom brought us a few words said, pray with me. So then my daddy started holding her hand. And they started to pray. And my mom started to pray. She said, I don't even remember what did I pray. But I just simply cried out unto God. God cannot hear my voice. But he can hear my desire. He can hear my heart. And she was crying out to the Lord. She said, the Lord, heal me. Lord, I believe you. Just simple, simple faith, simple little prayer. And then she started to feel that the breath started coming back, started coming back. And then she looked at that little watch, it, it come up to 70. Then it keep on praying. Then she looked at it again, become 80. And before you know, he got to 99%, he get up and started cooking the meal. It doesn't take something complicated. It doesn't take, things to take something that is a phenomenal, super, super duper faith. It just takes a simple faith. But when you become a desperate, it doesn't have to be dying to become a desperate. When you see the word of a God, Lord, I want that word of a God be applied in me. I want that word of a God be applied to my family. I want that word of a God take effect on me. You remember that uh, Brother Branham uh, talking about uh, the Finland boy? He was resurrected. You probably hear it uh, when we're in uh, the winter camp there. When Brother Andrew Glover was speaking about uh, the Finland boy, I was jumping up and uh, screaming and uh, shouting. I said, I just translated that. 
that's the time I was, I was telling that. He was talking about that at a Finland boy. And because they in that vision, Brother Branham saw there's a, a boy is going to come there, going to be resurrected. And then when, when Brother Branham went to Finland, he, before he asked everybody, write it down on their fly, a fly leaf that in their Bible. And when he was in, in Finland, he saw that a car accident of sin. But he thought it was a, but he didn't, the vision didn't come back to him. And then he was a, a ready to go, but there was a, someone patting on his shoulder. And he looked at it back, he saw the surrounding. He saw the little boy with his toe stuck out of the stock and the, the shoes as a fly that little way. And he was a, a dead. And then he remembered that the vision said that boy it will become a, 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 a will, will be resurrected. And then when he saw that, he said, he, he said, if in five minutes, this young boy doesn't jump up his feet. He said, you call me a false prophet and drive me out of the country. And then one of the prophets would go there and lay hands on him and that boy jump up from me. We're not believing some God that's just in the history. We're believing God is still doing things today. He's not just a preacher. He's not just a minister, minister of the word, but he fulfilled what he has said. But remember that in that accident, there's two boys. This boy resurrected was in the vision. But the other boy that was uh, died also in coma is not in that vision. When Brother Brandon saw that in the vision, there was only one boy. Even the, the, the boy that in the Florida that had drawn in the ditch that died. And then the father said to Brother Brandon, is this the boy? And the brethren look at it, and the scenario and everything is not to the exactly, not according to the vision. He said, no, it's not a boy. He said, go bury your, your boy. And he said, die. And the, 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 the father believed the words of the prophet's word that said, and go bury the boy. And the died. But in this case, there's the two boys that was in that car accident. The one boy that was resurrected is in the vision. But there's another boy. Now the boy is not in the vision. The other boy was, a, was in the car accident and was dashed into the train and in a complete in a coma, hasn't wake up. But that mother of that boy doesn't take that as an answer. The, the, the father that in the Florida buried his boy, but this mother is not going to bury her boy. And this mother, though there's no vision, but this mother, Brother Branham said, he laid out on the floor, laid out at the gate over there where Brother Branham is at. And when Brother Branham was coming out, he hanging on, she was hanging on her, his, uh, his clothes. He said, you go to wake up my boy. Brother Branham said, that's a sovereignty. That's a sovereignty of God. I cannot do it. But, he said, you, but she said, you wake up that boy. You resurrected that boy, you can resurrect my boy. Simple faith. She doesn't understand much. She doesn't know what faith is. She doesn't even know what message is. He probably doesn't even know what prophet is. He doesn't have no clue of that. But she got something inside of her. She doesn't take no for answer. And she was laying there. She wouldn't let the prophet go. And the prophet said, he said, I can't, it has to be by the sovereignty of God. And it's just, he said, I, the, the other boys are the reason because I saw the vision. And his mom said, then go in, saw the vision. 
Go see a vision for my boy. She doesn't understand, but she's persistent. She doesn't have no clue, no intellectual knowledge, but she got a faith. She doesn't know how and where and when and what's going to happen, but she said, this is the only source that I can approach to. She recognized this man got something that I need. This man can resurrect it at I boy. This man can resurrect it my boy. And she was a pleading. She said, go in and see a vision. The prophet said, the vision doesn't come that way. And then the prophet said, are you a Christian? And she said, no. She doesn't have no religion whatsoever. And then the prophet said, just think about it. It's a simple little thing. And the prophet brought it to her. He said, if you die, you're not a Christian. And your boy, he died, he will go to God. Because he doesn't come to it as accountability. And he will go to God. But you are never going to see him again. If we're thinking, we people are thinking, wow, this is just emotionally try to work it up for somebody. But this is not. And then the prophet said, but if you give your heart to the Lord, if you believe him, just a simple face to believe him. He said, your boy going to die. He said, but you, if you die, one day you're going to see your boy. And Brother Bram said that as a woman, think about that and think, well, if I believe the Lord, I can't lose. <laughs> if I die, I'll go to see him. And if, uh, uh, anyway, so that the woman think, she was thinking about, well, I cannot lose. So he said, yeah, I believe. And they kneeled down, and the Brother Branham leaded this woman and her husband to the Lord. And then when she got up, and she said, go in, see a vision. All her thinking about it's just her boy. And then, then one of the prophet and going into the room, he said, I, I just can't do it. Then he uh, just got rid of her and she went to the, his home or her home at the hospital and see her boy. And Brother Brennan went into the room. And he went into the room. And then while he was uh, praising the Lord, and then he saw there was an angel of the Lord coming in. And then he saw on the table there was a little vase. And there was a two flower. And one flower turned to the north and it has a wilter. And another flower is going down. And before that, I hear a brother, brother, master, brother, give her two candy. Give him two candy. And then the angel of the Lord said to him, take that candy. So he popped one candy and into his mouth. And as he chewing it, it tastes good. And then the wilter the flower and it come back. Because that boy, he resurrected. And then the angel of the Lord said, go take another candy. So he put it into his mouth. He said it was awful. He said, you Canadians think your candy is awful. He said, you got to try this one. <laughs> and then he put it in there. He spit it out. And he saw that flower going down and going down and going down. And then the angel said, if you don't take that candy, swallow it, that boy is going to die. And then he quickly threw the candy into his mouth and swallowed, chewing it, swallowed it, and he saw that flower and then come back. And then right away he asked Mr. Isaacson to phone, uh, phone to the mom. And then the mom on the other side of the phone, there, Mr. Isaacson said, your boy's going to live. This is us, says the Lord. And uh, she, she, the mom said, did I ever know? He said, just a few minutes ago, he said, my boy would jump up from the bed and ask him for food. What is it? 
Is that a simple little faith? No, there is a sovereignty of a God. No, there's a no vision that a prophet ever saw. But by the simple little faith of the ignorant mom, that she believed and for her boy. The boy doesn't even have a faith in a total coma. But she gave her heart to the Lord, simple as he can be. And she pulled that vision down. He pulled that angel down. And it has to that the prophet had to swallow that candy and make that thing come to pass. Just simple little faith. Though there is no vision, but it's make that vision happen. Can you explain it? I cannot explain it. Nobody can explain it. But God has to honor every faithful father and mother. God has to honor every person that who had a faith for their children, for their family, and for their loved ones. And in the fellowship, Brother Branham said, well, Brother Branham, where can I fellowship? In Christ, in the temple, the tabernacle of his dwelling. How do I do it? First, you walk to the door. You've heard the word. Then you walk to the door. You got a mental faith. You say, yes, I heard the word. I believe it. Now, before you can enter into this place, there is a blood veil hanging there for the cleansing. And you must recognize that that blood has an innocent substance. Through the preaching of the word, brow down the veil of a blood. How the veil of a blood come? By the preaching of the word. The word is that blood. And in there, you see that someone died in your place. Then you will throw down all your earthly possessions, all your fandango ideas, all your dancing, your immoral living, and all the things that you have sought up in your own self, that you go to church, that your new rules, your Ten Commandments, your non-meat eating, and all these things, you laid it aside. Plunge wholly into the blood and say, Lord, wash me and cleanse me. Then the Holy Spirit inside this blood cell where the fellowship is, draw you through the blood of the cleansing into the Lord Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you receive the Holy Spirit by listening, hearing, receiving, applying, and resting on the Word, and that blood veil becomes your veil. And that blood will drop, will rip it off every sickness. Will rip it off every depression. Will rip off every lukewarmness. Because nothing is going to break that blood veil. But that blood veil will break through every, your own will. And you look at that other woman at the well. Let me close in here. I, I told you I got too much to preach. Let's just wait for the next time. But let me close all over here with it. And if you look at that other woman at the well... That she was a, if we're talking about her veil, she was in such a disaster. She got five husbands, 
that are the one that are with her is not her husband. And she don't know where to worship. And she doesn't know. Uh, she want to come to for the drink. She don't know a word to her. Uh, she can head to the, the, the drink of the water. She got all kinds of a Christian and a problem that is in her life. But she recognized there is a one that head to the fountain. He does, she doesn't know how her problem going be uh, uh, going to be solved. If we say that she got many veils that have veiled in her, there's a tradition veil, there's a marriage and divorce veil, there's all kinds of this veil has a veil in her, that she was in such a confusion and don't know what to do. But one minute before the one that it can answer all the question, one minute that before that a high priest, that, that blood veil, that it solved all her problem. Though the veil, as I said, still the same. The woman doesn't know who she's going to marry to. She's going back. She doesn't know the water problem. She doesn't know about where she's going to go to worship. All those problems has never solved. But one main problem that she knows. And she even herself come to the conclusion. And she said, I know when Messiah came, come, that which is called Christ, when he's come, he will tell us all these things. And then when she asked that, then Jesus said to her, he said, the one that speaks to you is he. Though Jesus never solved any of those uh, earthly problems that she was mentioned, but Jesus solved the one problem that when Messiah come, and if you can recognize it, and then the, he will solve all this problem. So it doesn't take it an hour or doesn't take it of the year for this problem to be solved. But just one minute before Jesus Christ, one minute before that a blood veil, then uh, her question was answered. What Jesus tried to do when she was talking about the water, when she was, Jesus said, I said, I'm the, the fountain. If you know who uh, you're asking for, this one will give you the water. And they said, oh, you're going to worship it in, the, uh, in this Jacob's well. You're going to worship it. He said, oh, oh, we know where we're going to. What Jesus tried to do, try to knock down all this tradition veil. Knock down all this woman's veil. But then revealed himself to this woman. And then one knows the tradition veil, one after another, was dropped off from that woman. Then Jesus said, this one that's speaking unto you, that is a he. And when she saw that, Brother Branham said, all her blackness become a white. But those Pharisees, they learned from it. They learned by the education. They learned just by the intellectual. They know God will send the Messiah. And they know there's going to be the church. They know going to be a prophet. They know every word. But when the one standing before them, and they didn't recognize it, but the parents said, oh, they're white, become a black. Because they don't recognize that the one, that the blood veil that is set before them. But this woman, when the Jesus knocked down all her veils, all her tradition, all the things that she had a question at, and when she dropped everything off, and that the real one start to unveil before her. 
those Pharisees, because they didn't drop their veil, didn't drop their tradition or their idea, so they veiled them off. They couldn't say this unveiling God before them. But this woman, because all the tradition veil dropped, but Jesus was talking to them, and then this God himself unveiled right in front of her. I was thinking about the believers. That's what we have. God wants to drop off all our tradition veil, all our intellectual veil, all of what I understand, what I think, what I think of the message this, what I think of the message that. No, all those tradition veil will have to be dropped. But when that self-will, that your own will was to tear down, then the God himself is unveiling right in front of us. Without that, we cannot get into the holiest of holy. That woman, when she saw that unveiling the Messiah right in front of her, and she dropped off all his water pot and go into the city and say, come and see. This one has to tell everything that I have done. Though Jesus only tell one thing that she's done. But to her, that is everything that he has done. Let a musician come. Brother Brahma said, he went through the great veil yonder of sickness. The great veil of sin. He went through the great veil of a worry. He went through the great veil of fear. He tore every one of them down and ascended so high and received the name above every name and as the name in heaven and above or in the earth below or in the world to come. The veil of sin was rent in two. The veil of sickness was rent in two. And every veil that kept a man away from God was rent in two. I'm the way, the truth, and the light. He broke every power. He scattered every devil. This is the message that we have. Every veil that has been broken has been rented. But he takes it as a self-will that you have to enter and in with boldness because he has used his flesh to open up a new and living way so that you can have the fellowship with God himself. And you can have your feeling, you can have your whole being anchored and rest in the word. And nothing on the outside world is going to bother you. And you wouldn't hear any voice, but only hear the still small voice of God. And then the prophet said that the senses out here, out there, the senses on the body and the senses to the soul and the veil between that and the holy place, the holiest of a holy. And the only way that you can get in there is to have self-will. For whosoever, what? Whosoever shake hands, whosoever is immersed, whosoever join the church, whosoever passes the letter, whosoever does, no. Whosoever will come beyond the will. Whosoever will, let him tear it down, the curtains of his own will, and let God come into his heart. There is Christ on his judgment seat that in the human heart. How wonderful the word of God is. And he revealed himself. Let me read it in one quote before we close. 
in an Easter seal. He said, when the Holy Spirit come, he said, you're on earth, walking around here as a sinner. Way down in your life, there is something. You don't know what's taking place, but you're hungry. Do you know that your hunger can be met? You said, no, we're all believers. But I know there's some believer. Maybe that's in this church. They're hungry, they're hungry, they're desiring. But it seems like they never get what they got, they want to have. But there is a remedy here. He said, but you're hungry. He said, I heard, I heard that a Presbyterian brother, he said, I heard the Baptists are talking about back there. He was a free will Baptist, preaching where he can. He said, my fellow brother, that you, there's a something in you, something that you never put it in there. It's something that you couldn't desire to be in there. Then who put it in there? God himself put that hunger, put that desire to be in there. It's something that's a contrary to your own nature. If that's your nature, your nature was desiring for the things in the world. But if a God had put that in a new nature, then you're desiring for God. Maybe there was a desire that was just in like a little seed. But that seed, if you're watering it, that seed will grow. Because that seed has every, that Brother Bram talked about, that apple, have every bushel of apple. It's all in that apple seed. And in that desire, if you have a little packet of a desire for God, that means God himself, that in the low in the seed form, but he put that desire in you. When he put that desire in you, don't you know he's going to fulfill that your desire? He said, uh, it's a foreknowledge of a God taking place. That's God's word. He said, oh, we were man or woman. This morning when you're sitting here and there's a something in you telling you this is right, it's the Holy Spirit is seeking you out to bring you to a knowledge of a truth of this hour that we're now living. Not some hour that's gone by, but this hour. I was just sharing that a little fell into woman, that a mother, that a believer, just with a simple face, and bring that vision down. And if a person that has a desire for God, no matter how big it is or how small it is, you might think that it's very insignificant, but if that's a desire in there, that is a God who put that desire in you. Shall we stand? And that little Finland mother, who doesn't know anything about the knowledge of God, who doesn't know anything about the word of God, probably never even read the Bible, but she recognizes one thing. This person that had all that she required for. Do you recognize there's a person here? This person is not a Murphy. This person is not a brother Tim or Brother Jean, or Brother Tom, or whoever this person is called a Jesus Christ. Though he doesn't see by the physical eyes, but he can be touched by the feeling of an infirmity. 
He can be touched by your little small faith that are toward him. Brother Bram said, others say, you know, I know she was healed. I know he was healed. Then why can I be healed? He said, other people say, why can I be healed? The other people got the salvation. Why can't I be get a salvation? The other people have a solid experience, anchored. Nothing going to affect them. Nothing going to uh, bother them. But why cannot I get it? It's a certainty you can, brother. The only thing is to get the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But let's look at it. What is the anointing of the Holy Spirit? He said, what is it, Brother Branham? Take God at His word. You're not need, you don't need anointed so that you can shout. Though there is followed. You don't need to be anointed so that you can dance. So there is a, there is a follow. Horse has to be before the cart. But you need to be anointed to take God at His word. You don't have to be rejected. You don't have to be fighting against it. All you need to have is said, Lord, anoint me. Don't anoint me scream. Don't anoint me shout. But anointing me to believe every word of God. Take God at his word. For by faith you are saved. That's through grace. That means God wants to give it to you. God wants to give you the healing. God wants to give you the salvation. God wants to give you the stability. God wants to give you that your experience of God anchored down. God wants to give you that experience of the holiness of the holy. That he's not a far away, but he's right inside of you. He wants to give that to you. Not by work. No mental emotions. No stirred up. No speaking with tongue. No shouting. No nothing. By faith, walk into the presence of God. The blood has a shed for you. There is a blood that's sprinkling on your veil. There is the throne of a God set it in your heart. If you can boldness went in and the believe and the receive and apply and the rest it on it. Say, the Lord God, I come solely on the base of your word and I believe you. Let's bow our head. Maybe a different person having a different need. You can play anything, Brother Ben. I don't know what your need is. I know this is just a Sunday morning service, maybe to some people. But I believe a God can hear our cry. And I believe a God can answer our prayer. I mentioned that the needs in the beginning. There are many needs that are among us. Some are with the healing. Some, uh, there's a sickness and a need to be healed. And some, they have the loved ones that they haven't been prayed for. Some have their children that is the wayward. They've been prayed a day, months, and the years. It seems like God doesn't answer, but God do answer. God answer in His time. But you believe right now. You believe in this moment. And then the fighting and the struggling will be over. If we can just believe Him, if we can just put our faith that in Him. Maybe there are someone, 
that you're not in your ought to be. Maybe there are someone, you might be thinking coming to the church, said, this is my last time coming to this church. I'm not going to darken the door from this day on. I don't know. Maybe you ever said something. Maybe you ever said something that you're not supposed to say. Maybe you have a bitterness. Maybe you have a holding of the grudge. Maybe there's some veil has veiled it in front of you. What you need, you need the blood to be sprinkled on that veil so that it can God dwell that in that holiness of a holy and to let your experience be anchored and let your whole being be settled. Would you like to raise up your hand to him? Not to me, but to him. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you saw each hand that has a race up. Lord, you saw this young man with his father in the front of this altar here. Lord, I pray you, Lord, as I have quoted your word. Lord, it's not how much we can shout and not how much we can cry. Lord, I would like to do that. Lord, I do them. I did that. But I did that because there was a something that was bubbling in me, Lord. That's because, Lord, not me meet you, but Lord, you has met me, Lord. Lord, I remember that in that little shed, in that little trailer there, when in that cold winter night, when I was a kneel down and before you, and I pleading, I cried out unto you because my heart is desiring you. Lord, that's about 20-some years ago. Lord, though I didn't see a vision, though I didn't saw, saw a dream or anything, Lord, afterward, you met me. You met me through your word. Lord, it doesn't take it how much message that I read. Lord, I probably read most of the message. Lord, it does not how much message I translated. I probably translated many or many of them. I, don't, I cannot even count it. But Lord, it's not because of that. Lord, but it's because I have a heart just like that a little from the mother. I don't even know how to hold up my hand. I don't even know how to approach you. But Lord, there was something dreaming in me. I want to meet you, Lord. I know my veil is so vile. I know there's nothing good in me. Lord, it just says that a lot of the people here, Lord, they know there's nothing in them. They cannot, by their own merit, come before you. Lord, no matter how much they cry, no matter how much they try to do, Lord, to make themselves right, but Lord, that would not turn the heart of the children back to the Father. But Lord, take the prophet and the message that it turn the heart of the children back to the Father's again, Lord. Lord, as we open up in our heart, I pray you, Lord, that each one of them that raise up their hand and to the young one that is coming before this, this altar, Lord, I pray you meet them, Lord. You meet every one of them. Oh, God, 
Lord, they only take it in one moment before you. Like that little woman that did a well, and she take the water pot with all the questions that can never be solved. And that morning, the one to that well, the Lord, the little did she know that's the date of her day. She met the Messiah, the unveiled God, that right unveiled himself before her. And she can never be the same. Lord, I pray you, Lord, you do the same than to each one of the people here. Some to raise their hand, some don't raise it in their hand. But no matter what they are, Lord, you know their situation. You know their heart of the heart. What is it at the heart of a cry that is in them? I pray you, Lord, meet them, each of them. Lord, it become a reality to them. Not just to become intellectual to them. Lord, they have been intellectual. They have said that they believe. They have read the message. Somehow it was born in a message. Born in a church. And raised up in any here. But Lord, how they needed that experience with the Lord. So that they can drop off their water pot. They can drop off every veil of their own understanding. Drop off the veil of the filth. Drop off the veil of evil. Drop off the veil of the worldliness. Drop off the veil of the cold and lukewarmness. Lord, so that they can see the unveiling of God. So that they can receive this unveiling of God into their soul, into their heart. So that God himself will dwell in there. So they'll never be the same by having a transforming power that laid in them. Some may be dead. Some may be dead as in a rod. Some may be dead as in a rod that lay that in the, the holiest of the holy. But before the kind of glory, Lord, the rod, the, the dead rod, it become a budded and blossom and they yield a fruit just overnight. Oh, Lord, I pray not that this will wait any longer, but even in this morning, just at this morning, in this moment, Lord, it made of some dead rod, the dead stick, that they have been dead for months and for years. Maybe since they were born, they haven't experienced it with you. But Lord, let it rot and lay before the kind of glory. Lord, lay in the holiness of holy and let the glory of God totally transform that deadness and make them blossom and yield a fruit, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I pray you do the work. Lord, no man can do it, but only you can do this. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, how we thank you, Lord. We give all the glory and honor to you. Hallelujah. What a song you were singing. We were playing. Yeah, let's sing that. We'll set your
God to never try to improve your veil. He just sprinkled the blood on the veil. The veil is still the same. You're still the human being on earth. And remember, you only be human being, be mortal once. And on this earth. And after this life, we'll be immortal. We have the years, we have the eternity to enjoy that. But we'll only be mortal once. God never tried to, I think we're talking about that to the brother Tim or that back there. Whenever, brother Tim said, we never try to make the millennium on this earth. This body, you will be always be imperfect. But how we thank God, He sprinkled the blood on this veil. It's the blood that covers your sin. It's the blood that takes away your guilt. It's the blood that cleans you up and washes you up. So that the God can enter into your soul, can enter into your heart. And He never just go in there and come out. He get in there, He dwell there, He stay there. And He never gonna leave you, and He never gonna forsake you. And that fellowship it is not far around, that a million years away, the fellowship with Him is right in your heart. He set up that holiness of holy in your heart. He set up that, that mercy seed is right in your heart. And there's a showbread there. There's a kind of glory in there. Whenever you need, you go through that blood veil. You will go in there. He will always there to meet all your need. May the Lord the blessed every one of you. Shall we sing the beat unto me according to your word? Sorry, I. That's Murphy, you know. He knows nothing. He just. Uh, <laughs> but I love the Lord, and I know that I'm in the group of people. We all love the Lord with all our heart, and this is the time that we believe Him. This is the time we receive His word, and that is the worship in Him, and He is the worthy for all the praise and all the honor, and He is an Almighty to God. The other day I write a quote, and a brother said that the word is a seed, and it's your praise, 
is to water the seed. And sometimes or another, we don't see whether to see the word. It seems like it's just so small, it's just so insignificant. But you know what? When you keep praising Him, when you keep、uh, watering Him, and everything that in thy seed was spouted up and coming into it is a fullness, into it is a maturity. And you're thinking about the little Mary, that is、uh, just one, one phrase she said, Lord, I'm your handmaid, be it unto me according to your word. And I take that seed that God germatized that I put in her womb and that it born that it saved her for us. So we just believe the word and that's just watering it. And I believe the word is going to fulfill what it's ordained to do. Let's sing it all together.
so lovely and glorious. Brother Eunice, I wonder if you can just comment. Uh, dismiss this with in a prayer. And the Lord willing, and Brother uh, Brother Dodd going to preach on uh, Wednesday. Another Dodd, Brother Andrew Dodd, is going to uh, come from Edmonton and preach for us uh, on a Wednesday, the Lord willing. So remember also the Edmonton prayer for the service. And Brother Tom, Brother uh, Sister Joanne, Brother Ed, and Sister Bruce, and all the Bisco family. And let's uh, continue to remember them and all the need and among us. And we believe in God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He is the same today, that means whatever He did in the past, He's going to do it again. So that's what our faith is at. Brother Eunice. for your word, Lord. Father, you have given us in this day, Father, more than we can ever ask for, Lord. For you have sent this message, Lord, not to the denominations, but to us, your bride, Lord Jesus, Father. And Lord, how grateful are we, Lord, that we can come into the holiest of holies, Father. Lord, not just in the outer court, but we can come into the holiest of holies, Father. And Father, there's everything in there, Lord. There's peace, there's joy, there's love in there, Lord Jesus. There's healing, there's deliverance, there's salvation, Father. In the holiest of holies, in your presence, Lord Jesus. We're so grateful, Lord, that we can believe it, Father. Father, we're so grateful for this word, Lord Jesus, that Brother Murphy brought, Lord, not him, but you through him, Lord Jesus. May you strengthen him, Lord, and may you just continue to use him father what a mighty work you've done through him lord for the chinese people lord jesus may you just continue to spread the word there lord and may you open doors father that no man could have ever seen father but may you just use him and the people there lord jesus to just further this word lord so that we can all go home father that the last seed will come in father that's our heart's desire lord to meet with you lord in the air father that we can hear from you. Well done, my true and faithful servant, Lord Jesus. Father, may you have your way also on Wednesday, Lord. Brother Andrew Dodd is going to be speaking the word, Father. Lord, no man can speak this word, but if you inspire him, Lord Jesus, Father. May it not be a man, but may you speak through him, Lord Jesus, Father. Use him, Lord, Father. Take him out of the way, we pray already, Lord, as he is studying, putting himself aside, Lord. May you meet him, Father, and may you speak to us, Lord, directly from you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we commit everything into your hands, every need, Lord. Remember our pastor, Lord, there on vacation, Father. Father, may you bless them and give him rest, Lord, and the family there, Father. Lord, may you just be with them, Father, and may you use them even as they're on vacation getting a rest, Father, but may they be a witness, Father, to the people around them, Lord. We thank you, Father, for their lives, Lord, for their example, Father. Lord, we give you all the glory, Father, and claim healing for all the sick, claim deliverance for the captive, Lord. And we claim the loved ones which are wavered and away, Lord, but we claim them to be back soon to be with us again, Lord, to be praising you and giving you all the glory and all the honor, Father, for you are worthy to be praised, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. I ask you to be with us, Lord, as we are dismissing now, Father. May it be with each and every one. Keep us safe, Lord, is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shake hands with each other. Say the best thing you can say. May the Lord bless you until we meet at it again. God bless you all.